What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Spencerberg Podcast. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, we are here today with the one and only TJ Hunt. I'm so happy to be here. Dude, finally, after all this time. It's been it's been a long time. We've talked about this for a very, very long time. I think we've gone back and forth for over five years now, it feels like. I think since 2015, 2016. It makes me feel really old. It's scary how fast time goes, bro. It is. It's it very is. scary. So I used to work at a car dealership down in San Diego, and I remember one day, uh, I don't know how it happened, but I think you had maybe, I don't know, 300,000 subs or something like that. And I was like, dude, this huge YouTuber hit me up. We've been talking back and forth. He's going to come by to see the dealership. And I remember hearing like a super loud BRZ just rip by the dealership. I'm like, okay, he's here. He's here. <laughs> and that's how we initially met was just through, I guess, working when I was at the dealership and you're in the cars. Yeah. At that time, did you only, you only had the BRZ, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't remember. I only ever had like at that point in time, like I had a 350 at one point yeah. as a second car, but I, but I think when I met you, I just had the one car. Yeah. That was a whole different YouTube world back yeah. then. Well, I remember like you had that car and then you did a body kit and then you wrapped it in that crazy red glitter color. Yeah. Yeah. And then it went out. What was the car after that? What'd you get after that car? I got a 350. Okay. After, um, fuck man. I don't even, I don't even know what I got after that. Like, I don't even Kevin might remember. I don't know. I had the 350 for a bit and I was like crazy because I think at that time I was still in college. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I just bought a second car. I'm such an idiot. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I going to afford this? But yeah, we had that in, for a bit and I think we, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened next. I have a yeah, really good memory. No. No, because I, I remember. I bought the GTR. Yeah, so you bought the GTR from me. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're jumping ahead in timeline. Yeah, line. so you had the BRZ, and then you bought the 350, and then in between that, I, I personally don't remember because you've had an insane amount of cars. Yeah. But from that point on, I remember, so a couple of times happened where we were at Cars and Coffee at O'Gara, and mm -hmm. you'd come by and hang out and chill. Yeah. And then I went up to work at a, another dealership, and then you came by to buy the GTR. Yeah. What, what was the whole thing about that? Like, what made you want to get that car? Because I remember you had it for a bit, and then you made a video talking about how it just wasn't for you. How was that whole situation? So uh, so I've always wanted that car. I think, like, everyone at, at a young age always wants, like, that one car. And the R35, I think, especially this was, like, five years ago. So keep in mind, like, GTRs weren't, um, like... In current state, you can get a GTR, like an 09 for like, dude. It's like 50 Gs. Like sometimes yeah. lower, depending on how many. I think Evan Shanks got his for like, I could be so wrong on this, so <laughs> don't hate me, but like his is high miles. I'm is pretty it? sure he got his for like really cheap. Mm. So like you, they're very obtainable now. And back, you know, when I first saw them five years ago, they were um, the obtainable supercar. Like they were like, I don't, I think I... They're like 70 to like 90, you could get a pretty decently used one. Mm -hmm. um, and MSRP, they're like, I don't know, like 100 grand or something, something like that. Yeah. So I've always wanted one. And then eventually I was like, dude, I think I can make it happen. I think I was 21 for my 21st birthday or something. I wanted to get it and I had mm -hmm. enough. And um, yeah, you were doing um, car sales. And I don't know if I reached out to you saying, hey, I really want to get this. Or maybe you posted it and I was like, yo, this is it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I remember coming up and you were telling me like, this is what it's at. And... I, this time I, I had never like financed a car before. I didn't even know really what it meant to like have interest X, Y, and Z. Like I didn't know much. I was like, I really want this car. So I went up and made it happen and you put a, a good deal for me. And I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sold. I mean, that, that was a cool experience for me because 
my career was getting much bigger as, you know, in the car industry and also as a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. But then for you, that was a huge moment for you because you were going from having, let's say, the lower end import JDM cars to something that was rather expensive. Like, that's a big car to buy. Yeah, I think for me at the time, it was kind of like that, oh, shit, I made it type of moment. Looking back on it, I'm like, you fucking idiot. (laughs) But like, to me, because at that time, I I, I don't remember if I was in college or not, but I think I'm going to assume... I had dropped out at this point and I'm like, I'm in. So, and YouTube then wasn't what it was now. So that's like something that like has to be very said. Like I didn't know anyone else in my age that was like, screw it, I'm quitting school and I'm gonna make this happen. But at the time I was making more money from YouTube and like random little things than I was, I was in nursing school. And in nursing school you were making like, I think they're estimated in California is like 90 to 100 Gs your first year. And I was making more a month off of YouTube than I was, than, than I would have if I was yeah. graduated four years from then and whatever. So you were seeing potential very early yeah, I was, and, and I was in school while making YouTube videos. So wow. I was like, and I, school was first. So I was doing like literal 40 hour studying weeks, like crazy amounts of studying. And I was a good student, straight A student, like I was very about it. And I was like, wow, I'm doing this. I'm only uploading three videos a week. And then, yeah, I took a summer off and then like doubled my workload and then like tripled my money. And I was like, fuck this, <laughs> I'm out. Like, let's do this full time and see what happens. So yeah, eventually. And then, and then I was like, I'm gonna get the, G- the GTR. And back then it was different. Like now it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just such a different world now. Well, but back then it was a bigger deal. I think, I think I see that for sure. Because when we first started doing YouTube, you know, back in the day that it has changed so drastically mm-hmm. o- just over the last two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember watching like Casey Neistat mm-hmm. and I had maybe 5,000 subscribers. And one day, I, you know, I was a photographer for a very long time. And one day I turned the camera around and faced it to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if I just talk about these cars that I'm shooting or selling? Yeah. And I went from 5,000 to 80,000 subscribers in like a year, mm-hmm. if not faster than that. I think that's how I connected with you. But that whole YouTube thing for you now, I'm assuming you're very happy that you committed to it <laughs> just yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, it still feels like a dream. Like, I don't really feel like this is my real life. Like yeah. I, I'm so desensitized to it, which is such a sad thing to say. Like my whole life is very, I'm desensitized to it. Like it's just normal now, but yeah, best decision ever. And and it came from people like Casey Neistat and you know, those random people that you're watching that, mm-hmm. you know, say those Tumblr quotes are like, fuck, <laughs> I have to do it. I have to do it. And Damn. So yeah, that, that must've been trippy for you to go from having school and a job to committing to being Dude, a video guy. So scary. Like that's a big jump for somebody. Oh my God. It was so terrifying. So let, let me ask you this. So when you first decided to commit to being a YouTuber, yeah, like that day, how did you feel? The most free I've ever fucking felt in my whole entire life. Really? I felt like I was like, I'm on vacation for the rest of my life. But I only felt like that because doing YouTube, all at the time, I didn't have money. So the only videos I could create was me just having as much fun as physically possible with my friends. Mm -hmm. So I'm like dropping out of school. I'm like, you're telling me I don't need to wake up anymore. Don't don't do anything. I could just plan on doing fun days with my friends. And so it was a, it was the most liberating, weird feeling. And I was like, if I, and I, I told myself, I was like, if I ever have to go back, like I'll never be able to get the, the work ethic I had in college. It was like, I've seen the other side of life. There's no way I could go back. Well, you, so like you've that, seen like the real world of it. Yeah. Firsthand. Yeah. So like, I, I was like, when I left, I was like, I'm going to work 
as hard as my body will physically let me so I never have to do, do that life again. Got it. Like that was almost the biggest scare. It wasn't like, oh, the success is so glamorous. It was like, I was so scared to go back yeah. to like the box life that I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll kill myself. Yeah. So or die trying a type of deal. So you, you felt like it, there's multiple sides of motivation of not just wanting to have the cars and the fame and everything yeah. like that. It was more of, you don't want to go back to a certain I life. didn't, I, dude, I wow. hated college. I loved the idea of, of being in the hospital and helping those. And there's a whole nother side of it, that passion that, but that's what I wanted, but doing the work to get there, I, I hated it. I was horrible at school and I literally, I was a, I, I was a robot. Yeah. Um, and once I got out of that life, I was like, fuck, I can't go back. Mm -hmm. No way. No way. Not happening. That's an interesting perspective on motivation. It's almost the opposite because so many people want to have the cars and everything like that. Yeah. But I think I can relate to that for sure because I had the nine to five job, which was okay. I was doing something fun. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you want to have that freedom. Yeah. I think having that freedom is the first thing I look at. And then obviously the money comes with that. Yeah. I think a lot of people like the money and all that stuff is dope. Don't get me wrong. Like that's mm -hmm. awesome. But what was what my original goal was, I remember having a conversation when I like first started like uncoming all that stuff. I was like, I want to be able to make a hundred grand a year off of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That was like my goal. And I was like, if I can do that, I can make as much as nursing. I'll never complain in my life. So it was never really about the money. It was just not having to do that. Yeah. Anything else that isn't a box life. Let me ask you this. So I, I remember I'll be a fanboy real quick. I remember I went to an LA AutoCon, I think, when yeah. you had your car there. Yeah. And I remember you had the biggest line out of yeah. anybody. Yeah. And I walked up to like the front. I was just trying to like hang out. And yeah. I remember you pointed me out. You're like, Spencer, what up, dude? Yeah. And everyone looked at me and I felt like this insane feeling <laughs> of attention. But you get this on such a like a, a normal basis. The the first couple of times where you like sold out shows or you mm -hmm. sold out venues yeah. and you had that many people there. What was it? What was that feeling like seeing that many people there for you? Like specifically just for you? Cause you have a very loyal fan base. I, I, I do, but like it, it, it's weird. Cause like, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, I guess, whatever I have businesses, but I'm also my biggest doubter. I'm also like my biggest, like no one talks more shit to me than myself type of thing. I don't know why I'm like that. I'm wired that way. And I, I work every day to undo that mess that's in my brain. But whenever that stuff would happen, I'd be like, yeah, they're here for me. But like, there's really like, there's all this other stuff like they're really there for. Like I never once thought of it like, I'm Casey Neistat, this is the best thing. And it never, in sort of this day, doesn't, it has never felt like that. Like I can't. So it's hard to digest it. I, I can't, my mind can't digest it. Like to me, I'm just like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, oh yeah, you're here. Like for me, yeah. Or like, it, it's weird. Like people come up like crying. Yeah. And like, it just, it just doesn't click for me. I get that. I don't and know. That's on a different Like I want level. it to, like that's dope. Like I want it to, but it just just doesn't. And that's also like one of my biggest like downfalls. I just, yeah. I don't really, I just, the worth, the self-worth, I guess. I don't know. I don't. Well, I think that it's because you, you're able to humble yourself in a position where, you know, you were that kid just filming on the parking garage with the BRZ trying yeah, to have fun. I guess. But then it grew into something that was more than just cars. It yeah. was super inspirational. It was super grabbing to people. And obviously a lot of people gravitate towards you because you have positive videos with cool cars. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think also you're able to connect with more people because of the fact you're sharing like Sabrina's life too. Yeah. I think that's really yeah. powerful. How's that been the last couple months? It, whew, it's been really hard. Um, yeah. For, for those who aren't tuned in with, with vlogs and stuff like that, and they're just, they're here just watching Spencer. Uh, my girlfriend in the last uh, three months got diagnosed with brain cancer. She's 24 years old. It, I, as you can imagine, 
like just world upside down news. Yeah. Um, so it's been horrible. Um, I took a, a little time off in the beginning of it, but you know, as you know, someone who works and like your passion is working and your like mind never stops. It only takes so much time off before like it was doing me more harm by not working yeah. during all that stuff. So I took some time off and whatnot. And, um, part of my whole vlogs and stuff is like, I try to be literally as transparent as possible. Like there's mm -hmm. really no mirrors or smoke or anything. So I, sh we shared the experience, which was, um, very scary. And obviously it was Sabrina's doing, but it's been good. Um, um, she has a, a, a massive brain tumor that they actually were able to remove 99% of it. Um, and you know, I could go into it for a long story, but at the end of the day, she's beating a lot of statistics and they're like, you, because she's so young and she's getting at such a crazy like age, she's able to bounce back a lot quicker and they got 99% of um, all the tumor out and they're like, yeah, your life expectancy shouldn't be altered. Wow. Um, every three months, you know, and it was a major surgery. Like it was a 19 hour surgery. She's missing 22% of her brain. It's just gone. Wow. The whole temporal lobe of her brain is just gone. You don't actually need it to function at a hundred percent level. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's just a crazy like story that like she shouldn't have her cards shouldn't have played out that well. It's like getting like an eight card, 21 and blackjack. Like the odds yeah. are just not there, but somehow she did it, which is amazing, whatever. But, um, yeah, that was a big wake up call, um, for both of us and just a, a, a grounding experience more than anything. Was there, was there ever any question on if you guys should share it or not? Or were you like, let's yeah, just share no, it? No, I didn't want to share it. Yeah. I mean, not, not that I was trying to hide anything, but I'm like, yo, that like the vlog is my life. And, and Sabrina, because she's with me, like she like without really even w without having a say, like her life will get shared and you know, her life is, is, is public as she wants it to be, mm -hmm. but she wanted to share it. Like part of her mission or, or part of her like strength and fighting this and keeping the positivity was being able to share her experience and being like, yo, although like our lives might, might look picture perfect. Like this is what I'm fucking dealing with. So like if yeah. you're dealing with something, let's deal with it together and I'll share my growth and experience. And that's been her crutch. You know, I've been there like, sure. Like I'm there, her family's there, but her biggest crutch is literally, she found power within herself to be like, this is horrible, but I'm really thankful that like, I can, I, I, I didn't lose my vision. I didn't have any deficits. I'm thankful yeah. that I'm not dead right now. I'm thankful that I had my seizure when I wasn't driving. I'm thankful that, you know, it, and it's the reverse psychology of like, yeah, that happened. And it's weird to put cancer and me in the same sentence, but I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm getting, so it's that, that type of like, you, it's either you crumble and fall or like you somehow make that mindset well, and you, she made it happen. I think that you guys are making the best of a hard situation, yeah. which is what you should do. And I think that with your following, you're inspiring so many people to understand that not just with something that's, you know, like cancer, mm -hmm. but with family issues and life issues that even if you have really nice cars and you have fame in this, that shit still goes wrong sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and again, it was a big grinding experience. Cause I was like, Whoa, like I don't give a fuck about any of this shit. Like I just yeah. care about, like I would, I wish I could take it. Like it's just, it just really, you know, the cliche stuff, but when it happens to you, like it's just a huge growing and maturing process and just like a, a different perspective on life, which I think everyone should get at one point, but wish it upon no one. Yeah. Type of deal. Well, it changes your perspective on being thankful for everything. Everything. Cause I, I remember when I first quit my job, I had that same feeling of being free. Like I drove off that parking lot and my shoulders went down. I was like, relaxed. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, now I get to do what I love, which was creating YouTube videos, running a marketing company and having fun. I, I, 
I think a lot of people should experience real life like that because you can only talk so much until someone understands that you have to go through it to understand really how it feels. And then it inspires you in your different aspects in life too. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing is it just teaches you things that you can't learn anywhere else. How old are you now? 25. When's your birthday? December. Nice. So I'm almost 26. Almost 26. Fuck. And so right now you have multiple businesses that I don't think a lot of people see as like we had a conversation before we started the podcast talking about business, how um, I purchased the E92 M3 and with my YouTube channel and with what I do, it paid for itself within a year. And I made a video about it, how my car was like, I think when I added everything up, I only paid 400 bucks for the car. Mm -hmm. Like all my sponsorships and YouTube That's, AdSense and yeah. stuff like that. I just had to get like a catchy title or something like that. So I did a video on that. But with you, as, as much as you want to share as comfortable with sharing, when you started making money on YouTube, mm -hmm. were you looking to spend that money and reinvest it? How, how did you start spending that money right away? Because obviously like with my podcast, I got... Uh, $40 last week or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, sweet, I have money. But now I'm going to save that to buy more podcast gear, to buy a green screen, to set up what I want. Yeah. When you first started making the AdSense off YouTube, what were the first couple of things you started investing in? All cars. Uh, for the f So that's an interesting point you bring up because for the first um, for the first two and a half, three years, my YouTube channel, I lived at home saving as much as I could. Um, I, I, I also got a lot of shit for that. They're like, you own a GTR, but still live with your parents, like that type of like yeah. negative shit. And I'm like, I'm saving, bitch. Yeah, like, you got a plan, like, bro. <laughs> I, I've always, and this goes back to like being so scared of going back to school. I played it as long term as possible. That was my, and sort of this day. Yeah. My, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But my vision is is ten years from now, like way bigger. I'm out. Dog. Yeah, yeah. I like, get it. Um, like I love what I'm doing, but like I, I'm not thinking a year I'm, I'm planning so much. So even back then when the first time I started making money, it was like, yo, let's buy this car. Let's put it into this X, Y, and Z, like always reinvest, always reinvest, always reinvest. Never was just, I, I mean, I never splurged on like Louis Vuitton backpack, five grand, just made six grand last month. Spent yeah. it. Like it was never, never once. It's always saving, 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 saving. That was always the biggest and number one thing. Um, well, there's only so much that people see on YouTube that, I think one thing that has always not bothered me, but made me question why people do it is, you know, so many people always tell me how to live my life. Mm -hmm. Like say that you should do this. You should spend your money here. You don't do this. Why are you doing that? And I, I've learned to really push away the negativity because it used to get to me pretty bad. Because when you're, it, all, it does to everyone. It does. You can't deny it. But I remember the first couple of years that all the comments that would come in um, when I quit working for the Lamborghini dealership, went off on my own, that it was the most abundance of messages of people saying, you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But those stages of life taught me the most about everything, about business, about me, about my personal growth. And I don't think anyone's in a position to tell anyone how to live their life. But when, when those kind of comments came in and you started growing mm -hmm. and you know, you were living at home, but you had a GTR and you yeah. see these comments coming in. I think I, I'm just assuming that the power of your thought of what's further down the line overpowered any negative comments. Yeah. And I, at that, at that time too, I was the most invested in self affirmation and vision boards and, um, uh, the secret. Ever heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, it was my religion. Think of the most religious person, you know, religious person, you know, your whole, like anyone in your contact list. Yeah. Th that was my religion, like creepy amounts. So like I, I I've just, you know, 
re- vision board every day. Yeah. Repeating self affirmations to myself five times a day. Uh, going to bed, listening to Les Brown um, speeches on repeat. Like I could quote you <laughs> speeches from multiple people. Um, and yeah, the, the negativity sucked and shit, but like I, I just, I fed off it. Yeah. I, again, it just pushed me. I was like, I'm never going back to yeah. the box. So <laughs> it was, yeah, it was always, um, it was, I look back on now and I don't know how I was, a, I, to this day, I can't get back to that like, like 20 year old TJ. Mm-hmm. That was, I was obsessed with success. Yeah. In a good way. Though it's a good thing to have. Um, so it was, it was weird, but yeah, I just. So, so you're, you're a firm believer of like mindset and hundred percent believing in yourself 100%. and things like that. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think that's really good. Cause a lot, I don't think enough people understand that when you go off on your own and you start your own business, especially with, you know, being a younger person, mm-hmm. there's a lot on your plate because you not only have to perform for yourself, but there's a lot of people watching mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to impress anybody because you can choose what you want to do, but you've managed to come out on the other side very successful. Yeah. Like very, very successful. Do you feel like you're at a certain level where you're happy? Are you satisfied or do you want more? No. Yeah. Not satisfied at all. Satisfied. Sure. But like, but like, but so yeah, like not even. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that's what still makes it fun. If I was satisfied, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't continue. Yeah. Um, it's like, Oh, it's just, it never it the the ceiling always raises once you never think you'll get there and then you get there and you're like fuck okay well <laughs> let's like ex, let's figure it out let's figure out a new plan so net next for you as far as growing um obviously you have a couple different things going on mm-hmm. the main thing i would say in order would be your youtube channel is the first thing right that's kind of where everything falls under that's 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 the that's the tree that's the big tree yeah got um, it and then underneath that so you have youtube which is where you film all your videos and kind of put everything then on top of that, you have a clothing line. Mm-hmm. When did you start that? 2016. Okay. And you've grown that like massively. Ooh. Yeah. You have employees now. You got a whole system. Lawsuits <laughs> later. Employees <laughs> later. Oh, um, man. Drama later. There was, oh, I, yeah. I remember the drama and mm-hmm. is that website still up? Hey, Parker, why don't you, uh, <laughs> why don't you go, go open, open up a new page right now? Are Type, we okay to talk about this? Yes. Okay. Type in huntcompany.com. We're type Parker's word typing in the website right now to see if we uh, if anything pops up. Because your website, oh, it was the wrong one. Fuck you, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we had the passwords on it right now. Um, yeah, it's it's done. Um, so you that other website is yeah, it's now it's now ours. That's gotcha. about as far as I can say. So so when you started the company, let's just go back to it. What were the first, cause you started with a couple t-shirts, right? Mm-hmm. And then you were advertising that through YouTube. What was it like when you first started advertising clothes? Was it selling off the shelves? Like how did it yeah, go the I mean, first couple it, months? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Again, I think it goes down to, I just got lucky with like, I have just an amazing fan base, very, very loyal, but at the same time too, I've always tried to create products that aren't shit. Yeah. So uh, those go hand in hand, but yeah, I mean, the first time we did, we released like one drop. I think I had like I don't even know a hundred shirts. I remember I was like a sophomore in har- a sophomore in college. I remember we like we launched it and like it sold out in like minutes. No way. And I was like, what the wow. fuck? I was like, I just <laughs> made like five grand and like yeah. I was tripping. Um, and then yeah, like it, it it grew. We did drops. Like I you know I looked at I did a lot of like background work background checking of like 
how does Supreme run their shit? How does like Brinkston run their shit? Like what's the best way I want to do it? Like mm -hmm. how does Alpha Elite run his stuff? Like how does a bunch of the friends in the business and I kind of like figure out the choreograph of how I wanted like the, the, the business to run and what the like the motto would be of it. Um, yeah, so just slowly scaling and it was always just releasing certain amount of quantities of stuff and yeah, it just sells out every single time. That's That's a whole new aspect of your YouTube channel where when you first go into it, you were like, I'm just gonna film videos of cars. But then you saw this monster of opportunity. Yeah, I start. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of other channels and different genres and stuff. And they're like, dude, you if you if you like fashion, like clothes, like start start a clothing brand. Yeah. Um, and it was never like I didn't want it to be like Fanjoy, like the automated type stuff. I even started there and mm -hmm. then eventually learned from it. And eventually, yeah, I started hunting company and um, went into it like an idiot, not doing my research of who I was doing business with X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and then eventually like really and i was working with a, a, a team other partner to like make it happen and then i eventually ended up splitting and doing my own thing and um just like restarted yeah and just from there it's just like so you had to go exploded. through loaded you had to go through some shit to a learn a lot everything. of shit yeah i i won't get too far into it but there's always speed bumps whenever you start something yeah and the the biggest thing is like starting it when you're young and not knowing yeah what you're signing yeah. and what things mean and like what do i and like my mom and dad at the time i think like the, i think I was, I was like signing contracts when i was like 18. yeah like i didn't know shit. Mm -hmm. um I, you're just excited yeah i'm like oh yeah. my god yeah I'm like oh yeah <laughs> and um yeah so you know you will only learn them by going through the mistakes. Yeah. That's the biggest learning. I mean, that's all my stuff. Um, so big learning curve, a lot of mistakes were made and learning repercussions and then learning what legal system is really like when you are a real legit business. And yeah. How, so, yeah. Um, well, that, that grew probably faster than what you anticipated. Yeah. Cause I remember you, you started small and then now I haven't been to your warehouse yet, but your warehouse is huge. Yeah. And we're like, like packed sardines. Oh my it's God. Actually terrible. So you share that with throttle, right? Mm -hmm. And when did you guys move in there? So they originally came to me when I was in my single unit, it was like 2,800 square foot. Um, and then I rented them out my little office smaller than this four dudes working in it, started a YouTube channel with them and, um, just kind of like started watering the plant. And then yeah. now we moved into a, a, a new shop um, that splits half and half. Um, and there's also another relationship there between throttle that I don't think a lot of people understand face value. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I am a partner in throttle. People don't, we don't, people don't really realize that in the videos. They just think they're friends and we're just splitting this space. And I'm like, they don't understand the business no, aspect of it. No, they don't. <laughs> and, and, and that, and that goes back to two. It's like, I'm in this for the long haul and like you are, you're not going to retire just making YouTube videos and, and you know, so it's gotta be investments. it was always like I, I, the business side and that's with Hun company. It's just doing everything on like legitimately on your own. It's the, it's just so exciting with business. Yeah. So when thought all came in, yeah. Um, it was, I'm like, I'm in, yeah. I, I want, I want what you guys are doing. Like, let's figure out how to make it, make it possible. So and it made sense for you. Made perfect sense. And I could afford it at the time. I was like, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. So now like, now that you're in this warehouse, how big is your warehouse? How many square feet? 8,000. And now you're packed. Like sardines. How many cars do you have? How many do you own? Me? Yeah. Personally. Yeah. 11 or 12. 
in the U.S. That's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. And you have a car overseas? Yes. <laughs> and that's a secret. Um, one of, uh, kind of yes and no. When Very, do we, when, when do we get to see that? 2024. Okay. I think <laughs> I know exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, there's, there's a few, but the biggest one, 2024. And then there's a few that will come in next year. Sweet. So now what's your next plan for expansion? Do you have a lease on the warehouse for a certain time? Yeah. We're looking to buy right now, baby. Oh, cool. Talking to Manny after this. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, yeah. So Manny I, come up. Yeah. No, it's just a matter of, um, we have six months left in our lease where we need even just for hunting company alone, like, yeah, yeah, uh, it's tough to find. Um, but ideally we're trying to not lease the next, cause the next lease will end up spending like 500 grand in three years and in lease payments and for where we are, it's really expensive. So, so you want something permanent, ideally looking to, to buy a big building. Yeah. Where do you want to be at? I mean, obviously in San Diego, cause you're over in Strano Valley, right? Yeah. yeah. Carlsbad to Strano Valley okay. around that area. That's where we want that warehouse to be. Okay. Um, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be big. Yeah. So, it, so it's been a mission, but, um, yeah. How many units do you think you sell per month with your clothing in total between everything? Are you doing really like, un, like uncomfortable? Yeah. Uh huh. Like individual like orders Yeah. with a drop or without a drop with a drop with a drop. Yeah. Cause I know Shopify has all that stuff. I've been doing yeah, my stuff, yeah. but I don't, I don't do huge numbers. Uh, 10,000 per month. Yeah. Right. So you need a lot of space for your clothing. Yeah. But so how we, how we schedule it, like we'll have, we'll have like a drop come in. So the way, the way we run our think of Supreme, but we're not Supreme. Yeah. But think of Supreme. <laughs> like, let's say, let's say like we have a, a, a drop with like, you know, five new t-shirts, two new sweatshirts, you know, and trinket text with X, Y, and Z. We'll do like five to 8,000, 9,000 units of what that collection will be. Mm -hmm. And then. Does that feed off into other products too? Like people put bundles in their cart and like buy stickers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, that's what we only, that's what we used to run on like primarily the last like year and a half, two years. And it's dope, but it, it usually everything sells out within minutes. So we'll like, you know, the store will be dead for 30 days mm -hmm. because there's nothing to buy on the website. And then we'll just spike do like 10,000 orders or whatever it is. And then like takes us like a week to get it all out and then it goes flat. So what we've recently done is now we have like a new line that's like always on to like our classics. So we have like four, two t-shirts two sweatshirts that are always there, which is like really helped streamline us. Like mm -hmm. sure. We'll do like the 10,000 orders on our drop. And then like, you know, we'll do a couple thousand orders like, um, over the course, of, like, I don't know, a week or two or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's a lot more consistent, a lot more flow based and it, it makes more sense for us. And the biggest thing is we're just crammed by our inventory space. Yeah. Um, we're like packed to the brim. So, so you're, you're limited on how much you can do right now. Yeah. December we're in for a real world of hurt. <laughs> yeah. And you have employees for hunting company, mm -hmm. right? Full time. Mm -hmm. How many do you have? So one full, uh, full, full, full time one. Um, but, and then when we pack, when we do drops and stuff, it sometimes we could get like, depending on what time of year it is, four to six people working and packing. Um, yeah, it's about streamlining and, um, efficiency and lowering, you know, maximizing your expenses and mm -hmm. stuff. So when we expand, we'll have a few more full time employees, but, um, I'm sure you've learned how to be more efficient throughout the years too, mm -hmm. like processing systems. Oh, I, I know you use oh, uh, Shipner. What, what company do you use? ShipStation. ShipStation. So I I've do seen ads them all the time, and yeah. I'm not lying when I say that. <laughs> I do ads for them. I feel people are like, you're lying. I'm like, no, we actually use ShipStation. The best system then. It's huh? great. It's epic. So you've learned a lot through just overall having a clothing line because that's like, that's so, so separate from YouTube. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Cause learning customer service, that's a, that's a real tough job. Um, 
taxes. Yeah. Ooh, no one teaches no one teaches you that shit. Those are not fun. Um, <laughs> uh, not at all. Yeah. Uh, so, just so much. So 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 much. So all all this, you know, you have your YouTube channel, you have your clothing, and then recently you stepped into having your own car parts, mm-hmm. like your official name on car yeah, parts. How's yeah. that feel? So amazing. That must be surreal. It's almost like exciting project right now. When did you start thinking of that idea? Two years, three years ago. And then it just came to fruition like this year. Finally, the pieces met. I'm like, we could fucking make this possible. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. when I saw the Supra. I got invited to see the Mark V Supra like a year before it was ever released. Yeah. It was here. I got to go see it privately with Toyota. I was part of like a, 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 I was in a, a sample group that they got different, what they thought were like leaders. I was like, me a leader? Like leader in the car (laughs) industry is like, hey, let's get your opinion. We don't know what you're pricing. We want, here's the five other cars we're competing against. I got to see it firsthand. And I was like. I just saw something that for the next year, no one else is going to see. So you had a huge advantage. I was like, we can make a kid on this. Yeah. And met the right people to make it happen. Met the, you know, and this is years of being in the industry and knowing certain people. And a lot of, a lot of shit had to happen to make it happen. And then, yeah, I was like, dude, we're, and originally they were like, oh, we want to, you know, make like a part with you. And I was like, I'm not in for a part. And I was like, I want the whole fucking thing. If we're going to do it, I want to be a brand. And like, I, I'm like, Panem is cool, but like Street Hunter is cooler in 10 years. That That's a whole process. I don't even know how to start. How did you begin? Did you start reaching out to people that knew how to make car parts or body? No, like, I how did just, that work? I, just knowing the right people who've been in the right different yeah. slots in their life, um, knowing a designer who's the best in the whole entire world at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, making a concept, sitting down with the designer and word vomiting. This is what I'm looking, this is what I want. Can you? make that with your hands like can you draw it up like and wow. just sitting going back and forth going back and forth made the design and then yeah i mean it's a whole the whole world and wow. then yeah three so then yeah so we made the product and then um launched it sema last year big success and i think to this day now i think our serial numbers are up like 120 like every product wow. is and there's a lot of things like i was a big panda fan growing up always on rocket bunny stuff and authentication and replica stuff that was always you know there's a lot of areas where i was like we i was like someone could do this so much better why is no one doing it? say like that cliche thing like oh you, what's one thing that's wrong and how can you fix it that's your yeah. business that was it well i that, was like there's so many issues in the body kit world that are considered like top tier body kits that like if i'm gonna order a body kit why and spend 10 grand why am i gonna wait six months for it to show up to my door yeah type of deal. doesn't make any I'm sense like, why would you not <laughs> You know, just fixing things like that. So you saw that there was a gap and problems. I in saw the a gap and a problem, and I love looking at cars and being like, eh, "That doesn't look good." Like yeah. I feel like my taste is like, yeah, you understand it. Then like, I just I, <laughs> when I look at shit, I see like people who understand fashion. I look at cars and the way things get dressed up, and I'm like, "This is how it should look." And you can kind of do this, you can kind of do that, but you can't do that look. Yeah. Like, that just looks silly. Like you don't get it yet. You haven't matured enough to see it. So I've always had this like inner deep thing of like, I know it looks good, and I can like design cars. Hell yeah! So that that was probably super powerful for you because you had that like passion just ready. Yeah. To go. So like I've always so it was just like I've had that in my back pocket. And the cards lined up, made it happen, and um, yeah. So then we launched the Super Kid and. Um, SEMA blew us out of the water this year, but we were supposed <laughs> to have, dude, this was going to be our year for SEMA. I'm so oh, bummed no. about it. But yeah, I got our C8 products about to come out. Um, have so our seven products about to come out. You just got the Corvette back from Sheepy. Yeah. Twin turbo. Yeah. Scary? 
so it's not ready yet. So we're we're breaking in everything right now. We're gonna hit the dyno on Monday and we'll turn the boost up. But oh, cool. ECUs are still locked. So until the ECUs are unlocked by Motec or HP tuners and you put it into like a standalone, you can't really boost it up. But the car allegedly should be good for like 800 all day easy Dang. on like stock everything. And so that thing, should be a beast. That yeah. thing sounds terrifying. Sounds amazing, dude. dude. Especially sounds... with like a top down, I bet, just cruising. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Damn. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so right now you have a, a whole different spread of cars. You just finished the R8, right? Yeah. What's next? What's twin the plan? Turbo. We'll twin turbo it okay. and then I'll probably get bored of it eventually. So and... I watched your video of you going to Sheepy driving yeah. the R8. Yeah. And I was like, Scariest car I've ever driven. I knew that when you got the R8, you were going to twin turbo. Yeah, it. there was no doubt. You yeah. had to. I, I bought the R8 because I drove the twin turbo and I was like, oh, I'm buying this. <laughs> and then like found one on auction, just bought it the next day. That car that platform and that transmission is scary when you do twin turbos Dude, like, it's, it's fast it's actually scary like that was the first time i was like i'm done driving this on the street and i like <laughs> turned around like it was it was no bullshit the wildest experience wow on a street car i've ever had yeah i wouldn't doubt it i mean that that setup is insane so you're going to twin turbo the r8 yeah we'll twin turbo it okay. um and then i'll get bored of it and then i don't know sell it or something do you have any thing in the back of your head that you want to buy next because there's not i don't know what is new that's coming out as far as so, cars yes so for street hunter stuff we have really access to a whole bunch of like stuff mm -hmm. something else so like all the new next cars that are like in our like you know mm -hmm. our like space will be all over um there's a project that i'm that i just fully committed to last night oh cool um i want to tell you <laughs> but you'd have to bleep it on the podcast. I don't know if you can. You can yeah, I can edit. bleep anything. Okay. Out. Yeah. This is, this is an idea that I've had for a long time. Yeah. Um, Kevin doesn't even know this. Have, yeah. You left last <laughs> night first before time. we talked about it. Yeah. Um, the next build we want to do um, is a. Oh my God. So. <laughs> complete opposite then, huh? Yeah. The other, the other day and um yeah just just today just sent the text to ship it wow so you, that's going to break the internet hope so i think it will yeah damn that's going to be quite the project yeah. who's going to help you build it i don't know <laughs> so you're just buying parts and hoping for the best oh i'll figure it out yeah. no doubt um yeah because with most of the projects you've gotten i remember the video of you installing an exhaust on a lexus was that your car yeah that the one that was like a million views from five million years ago views, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I was so like Has cardboard tips on it. I watched. I was like, hell yeah, dude, this is cool content. And now you're doing twin turbo R8s, Aventadors, like just gnarly stuff. Yeah, in insane level. Now I had a question for you in particular. Now, business standpoint, we talked I love about business that. Talk. Yeah, you bought all those cars, obviously for yourself, but you mm -hmm. saw a business investment. Yeah, where all these videos and cars, you put the money in, you get the money back from mm -hmm. AdSense mm -hmm. and sponsorships. Mm -hmm. Did you buy the Aventador for business or for you? Pleasure. So that was strictly for That's you. That's why there's like four videos on it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I remember you saying in the video that like, that's for you. That's a me car. And that car has a wrap and that's an exhaust. Mm -hmm. So you can't really do many more videos in that. Um. So like, I, uh, I have wheels, HRE, they're done. I need to go get them. And then I have a wing to put on. Oh, and cool. other than that, that's really much it. Like. I bought that car knowing there wasn't like a modification, like expansion with that car. It was more of like, holy shit, yeah. I can buy an Aventador. And like, that was just like a good job, kid. Yeah. Like, enjoy it. I think you need that though, because go, oh, yeah. going so hard for so long and then, you know, you're constantly doing, I mean, daily uploads, that takes a lot out of you. It sucks. And then I see on your stories, like you, you wake up early, you do your thing all day long, you film, you edit, and then you play video games at night. Got to. Got to get a few dubs on Warzone <laughs> with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty pretty savage <laughs> to have that schedule. Yeah. Do you ever, like, 
when you get to the burnout stage, how do you cope with that? Cause doing take a step back, all this stuff at once, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, dude, it's really, it's tough. Um, I'm sure like Sabrina and your family and your dog is like stuff. the world's biggest supporter. Like she is like my, like, I don't even, she's like my therapist, dude. Yeah. It's insane. Um, it's just a matter of like stepping back and just putting the camera down for a few days, accepting your drop in AdSense that you're staring at and mm -hmm. being like, yeah, but it will recharge for this. And, um, it's tough, dude. It's, 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 it's really difficult. And I, I'm tired all the time. Yeah. I'm I, I'm not saying I'm burned out, but like I'm tired all the time. Um, and the honest truth is, is I'm too scared to slow down. Cause I feel like, I feel like if I slow down, I'll never be able to get back to this tempo. Mm -hmm. Casey Neistat said it also David Dobrik said it. They're like, once you slow down, you know, I'm never going to go back to that speed. So like, I'm still, I'll slow down eventually, but I'm still like, so cranking videos out I'm like so crazy, man. Videos out like crazy, and kind of what we said earlier. So like starting hunting company and starting street hunter designs, um, it, it, it it's eventually I'll slow down on uploads, but it, not until it's not until I make I'm making a better return somewhere else to feed the next thing. Do you have anything next business wise that you uh, want to do? Yeah, can January first. Can you speak about that? It. Um. Is there an, an industry? Is it car stuff? Yeah. Okay. So I, I see that you understand that there's a gap in the industry yeah. and you came out with the body kit. Yeah. Is this a gap in the industry that you want to fix or an addition? Uh, it's an addition that could be done better. Okay. So that makes sense. it's a world that I have a pretty, re I have a really good experience in again, been in here, been in the game long enough, know the right people who you can trust. I've seen it X, Y, and Z, knowing the space, knowing the competitors, um, yeah, hopefully we'll launch January 1st and open our doors up. Hell yeah. So it'll be a customer-based business. Are you excited for that? Very. Yeah. Yeah. So like right now, like YouTube's really fun. I'm really enjoying it. But YouTube is the advertisement for everything. Mm -hmm. So like it, it, at the core, the YouTube always has to be like number one, but just by barely for me. Yeah. I treat YouTube like I love making videos, but like having all the viewership on that is what makes everything else so successful to me. Well, I think it's like the umbrella to everything. It is. It overlooks everything. Yeah. Because if, if you ever have like a product or something that you want to offer, YouTube would be the first place you go. Yeah. And and being able to keep that as the umbrella is what's fed everything else. Um, but also I think the credibility of like signing with huge corporate like companies and having that as a backing has really like fed a lot of credibility and um, I mean funds to do a lot of things else too, which I think a lot of people haven't really tapped into yet in this space. Um, Meguiar's, Valvoline, mm -hmm. Magnaflow are a couple of my like really strong cores. And you just recently got sponsored by Monster, huh? Mm -hmm. How's that feel? <laughs> FTV dude all day. <laughs> that's that's another really long. Dude, this guy term. is hooked up to Monster, dude. Yeah, he drinks that, them every day, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very long term thing. That again, it's like I saw something in the space that like years ago, like I I remember trying to work with companies and it's like, yeah, you're just a YouTuber. Yeah, you're just some kid like X, Y, and Z, just like not treated like trash, but like, yeah. you're not worthy, please like step down sure. type of deal. And I like saw, I saw the industry was gonna shift eventually. Mm -hmm. So that's always, you know, just working towards that and eventually just like being at the right place at the right time. Like always, like SEMA is Christmas to me. So like always attending that, like always just doing your 22 hour SEMA days, going yeah. to every network, going to every, everything. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah, I, I remember when I signed McGuire's, um, a couple of years ago, I was like, this is fucking it. Like yeah. the, the, the tide 
is shifted and I was one of, if not the first to be like, like Chip Foose is one of their biggest ambassadors. Yeah. And working with them now, it's like, <laughs> it's you, <laughs> it's, you know, Chip's still there, but like, it's a new era of Chip Foose. Like yeah. it's, oh, you're not a pro, you're not the fastest NASCAR driver in the whole entire world. Oh, that's cool. But you have this YouTube channel that like, you're doing this for the culture and this for the, like, it's just a different playing field that has a way stronger advertisement pull than some random NASCAR driver winning third in some race. Yeah, and he gets eight seconds of airtime on TV that nobody watches. Yeah. So, I, so I get that. Well, what I understand is that you working with these companies that have been around for a very long time, yeah. they're well established. Yeah. I think what's happening is that with their marketing, they're starting to say, we need to work with influencers. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't see that because no. most of the people that run these companies, if they're- Dude, it's, dude, so many like- different demographics. Mag magazines only, they're, yeah. they're owned by older people, X, Y, and Z. But like, you know, it, it's seeing that shift curve and it's people like McGuire. McGuire is one of the first companies to make that shift yeah. in this space and like fully sign with someone like me on like a long-term scale and to see what it was like. And I did a lot of like, I did a year of testing before we really signed with them. But finding a company who like you work with organically and then having them believe in you and showing it and and now so many other big yeah. like um, car washing like companies are like, oh shit, they they're doing something right. And now I'm seeing other people other yeah. and I'm like, I bet you, I bet you those people that were denying you years ago. I've like, had people come shit. back and they're like, that was the worst decision in my life telling you no. Or I'm like, yo, I have this idea. Can you sponsor this video? I need $20,000 to do this. Can yeah. we make this happen? And they're like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not in the cards. Like, I just can't make it happen. Wow. And I remember like I had this one and I pitched it to a few different companies and I've had a few of them that I've seen or we just kept in touch with and they come back to me and they're like, that was the worst decision I made. <laughs> I'm like. That's a powerful feeling yeah. I've dude. Yeah. Well, you, you understand in the best way possible that you have certain pull. And that you understand that doing organic marketing is the best way to get people to convert. Yeah. Because that's that's my specialty here at the marketing company. Mm -hmm. I, I know this from being a YouTuber and doing marketing for car dealerships. And we've helped, we're almost up to 300 businesses we've helped in the last four years. Mm -hmm. And for us, we see the, the problems, the gaps, the solutions. And we always recommend a lot of our clients to work with influencers. But the problem is, is that when I started doing this four years ago, everybody was very hesitant to giving free product to somebody or mm -hmm. giving somebody $10,000 for a post. And I'm like, you don't understand what's going to happen when you do this. Mm -hmm. Now, over the last maybe 10 to 15 months, we've done so much more influencer work where people are believing in it that I, I think it's just a generation thing where the marketing people that do, do that are just completely outdated. Yep. It's, it's a matter of those bigger heads saying no, eventually flushing out yep. the newer generation just coming in enough where they see it, take a mm -hmm. chance, see the results and they're like, Let's sign more. Yeah. Let's do more. Why didn't we do this earlier? Yeah. So you you see the you I've been, I, that. I knew it was coming eventually. And dude, so many companies just no, 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 no. And eventually like one would say yes. Yeah. And the next year, like I would have a meeting with another big company and they're like, we want to do this. And yeah, just finding the companies that work. I mean, because that's a big thing too, is a lot of you know, a lot of people come forward, but it's about finding the ones that really suit you best that like are actually organic. That's the biggest thing yeah. is that you're actually organic with. That you like that, like you vibe with and working together. Um, it's just a a really big step that I not a lot of other creators have really gotten there yet. But mm -hmm. I've been chasing it. I was like, I'm gonna do this first. I'm gonna 
make that wave. When you started doing advertising on your YouTube channel, even before, uh -huh. were people reaching out to you or were you reaching out to people to First, do advertising on your channel? What, like third party advertisements? Yeah, like, like shout car. outs, anything. I mean, my thought is that- It was them reaching out to me. They were reaching out to you. Yeah. But they started to see that you had more subscribers and you were growing and your YouTube channel was was expanding. Yeah. So people saw that and they reached out to you. Yeah. Is that how uh, it worked? Kind of. It was like they'd, they'd start maybe on like another genre and whatever and they'd hit me up and I was just like in some email chain. Yeah. I remember sometimes I would get one where there's like Chris Fix, like um, uh, like that dude in blue, like Rob Don, <laughs> TJ Hunt. Like we're yeah. all in this email thread by this one company that's like, that's like, hey, like we want to do this sponsored post. Anyone interested? And they used like a couple years ago, it was like that. Yeah. And now like companies are like hiring agencies to mm -hmm. like reach out and it's, it's a whole different world. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's companies now that are, that, you know, it's like 10 to 20 different companies a day or not a day, a week, sorry, are wow. reaching out, trying to schedule ad spots and, you know, stuff like that. So, and it's a whole nother different world that again, a lot of creators really aren't really well, doing fluently. I think creators are so focused on making videos that not a lot of people are good at business. So that's a lot of thing too is uh, like business is my biggest thing. Like I, I love being able to maximize yeah. efficiency. I'm bad in some areas where I'm really great in other areas. And that was one of the first things I did. It was like, okay, having someone manage everything for me full-time emails and like I have someone just doing emails full-time and then someone doing ads full-time. Yeah. And then choreographing that and scheduling that. So like now almost every video going out has an ad in it. Um, and that obviously helps fund everything. Oh, and 10 times. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's yeah. what allows, that's what, yeah. And a lot of people used to hate on it. I remember when I first started doing ads, people would be like, it's trash. Yeah. But it's like, you don't understand. Like YouTube doesn't really pay shit. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have these outside companies doing commercials with me, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. Sure. So, but now I think it's so common in the YouTube space. It's people are just, it's fluent. It's second nature. It, it's just like the, it's, it's culture, podcast culture. Yeah. You know, some, a lot of podcasts will do like three or four ads in the mi beginning, middle and end. And YouTube culture is. It's normal. Yeah. It's not normal. So people don't complain anymore. They're like, oh yeah, I mean, it's an ad. Well, you think when you watch TV and you see an ad come up for Domino's and you see an ad come up for medicine. Yeah, you're not going to bitch about yeah, it. Yeah, you're not going to be commercial. like, what, what is this company doing? Yeah. But then when you watch a creator that you actually connect with and support, I have no problem letting the ad play without skipping it. Yeah. I have no problem supporting yeah, that. Absolutely. So I think a lot of people need to understand that this whole switch of entertainment is going digital. It has for a long time, but not just that, but but companies in general. Absolutely. They have to understand that the, the influencer marketing is super beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. It's way cheaper than paying a TV spot or something. something like so that. you, you, the, the last thing I want to talk about is you're up here at my shop at Precision Dynamics. I saw your Instagram store. I'm like, yeah. what is this guy doing here? He's yeah. on my turf. Yeah. What are you guys up to up here? We're here for Jumby. Uh, we <laughs> went like a few months ago, went bought Kevin, like his dream spec three, three, five in San Francisco. And we're like doing a full revamp build and just Kevin's always wanted to have a, a second car and a project car. And like a couple months ago, we were talking, I was like, Kevin, I was like, let's just buy it. I was like, we'll get everything, you know, sponsored with videos. Like yeah. we could have a really fun build series. We'll work on it. Like the episodes are going to come out like once every two weeks because we're working off Kevin's work schedule. But like. It's just a fun project that I get to do with Kev mm -hmm. that, and he's, you know, thankful for our platform. We're, we're able to build his like dreams pack 335, um, you know, for, for, for work. So mm -hmm. yeah, we're in the beginning stages of doing a full revival process and precision is hooking us up with a full maintenance on it and doing a oh, once over cool. of like dropping the subframe, doing all the dirty work. Um, so we're starting there and then uh, it, this is all in that episode. So. Oh, cool. Oh yeah, I told him I'd buy his United two off him at the end. Of yeah, it's like okay, found it. Do you want to you want to buy a BMW soon? You see yourself in an M three, M four, the new one, baby. Yeah, I'm about that that big grill. Will that will that be a street hunter design? 
at some point? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, I always, I've made about five podcasts on the new G80 talking about like, you know, at first I didn't like it because the color was weird and the lighting was weird. And then yesterday they did a, a sponsor, no, it was like a collaboration with Kith and they did a red M3, I think it was a red M4 and they pulled the cover off and I was like, dude, this looks really good. I'm really surprised. So as it, as more photos come out, I'm like, okay, Everyone I could like this talks car. talks shit about the new one coming out because it looks ugly, but. It, Didn't people say that about the Supra? Mm-hmm. And now everyone loves the Supra. Yeah. Well, everyone everyone lies to themselves when they go, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, you do. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you see them in person, it's different. Yeah, great car. Uh, I think I think the, uh, the the look isn't 10 out of 10. Oh, my God. But it's like, okay, I see it. I can work with it. Let's like get yeah. more familiar with it. Let's see it in person. And let's put it some little bits and pieces. It will look good. So to end off the podcast, I have obviously a lot of business people that watch this and a lot of you know people who want to have a startup and build their own company. When it comes to business, what's a piece of advice that you have for someone who's just starting out? Because a lot of people say, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't have direction. I, I have a work ethic, but they don't know where to go after that. Did you, you felt like that? Did you ever feel like that in the beginning? Did you have a clear vision of what you wanted to do in the beginning? No. So you just kind of went for it and it just yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that people, man, I get this question all the time. It, it's, it's always, it's always the gas station pitch. Whenever I drive the event or someone, I always get a gas station pitch and I always say yeah. the same or like meet and greets, same as I think. Like, oh, I want to do this and that, but I don't know how to do it, whatever. Or like, I don't have the time to do this, whatever, that type of, that type of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it's actually something that Gary Vee actually said to me that always stuck with me. He told me that he's like, okay, well, let's talk about, like, what you do on a daily basis. Like, what's your favorite sports team? And they'll be like, ah, oh, fucking San Diego Padres. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. He's like, he's like, are you watching their games? And then, you know, the guy's like, yeah, of course, like every every other day whenever i don't know mm-hmm. and he's like cool so that game's like three hours long and he's like cool he's like okay well stop fucking watching the Padres. and you have three hours you know times three every week so you have nine extra hours that week to start your shit mm-hmm. and it, and it's like people don't realize to if you have this one passion you will only succeed if you're 100 percent truly passionate about it there you cannot guarantee success if it's not like your obsession so for me i knew there was no area for failure because i was obsessed yeah so if you're going to go after a business or start a business, you will not fail to guarantee you will not fail if you are truly 100% committed on cutting out all the other bullshit of like the luxuries of sleeping an extra hour every day yeah. or going to get a, a drink every night with your friends or playing Madden for an hour before sleep. Like there's balance in life, but like if you want to really start something and you need to grind, you need to cut out everything and you you do your essentials to make ends meet while you build your business. I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people, and they're like, well, I don't know how to do it. It's like taking the first step is everything. Cause I think a lot of people like, I'm like, you, the first step is like just doing one action towards it and just like figuring it out. And there's no roadmap. And that's the biggest thing is, and it's like, you can't answer that for someone. Like, well, what do I do next? It's like literally fucking google your question and there's your answer and just try doing that first step and you'll get somewhere and that's really the answer it's like casey neistat had a really good video on it and he like drew a map and it's like you'll go one step back four steps forward one step down three steps up and it's (laughs) not like this like abc it's like you just you go from like a to d to b just in it's the million dollar question that no one can answer but it's like literally just putting one step forward in that direction, even if it's wrong, you're at least closer. Well, I think that's a, a great way to end off the podcast. TJ, congrats on your success, man. I'm very happy and proud of you. It's been uh, very fun to watch. 
I really, you. really appreciate the fact that you came up here and did this with us. And uh, if you guys can, hit the thumbs up button on YouTube, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks Peace. for having me. Of course, you're welcome, man.